What's up, guys? Welcome to the Creative Collective Podcast. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Creative Collective Podcast. Today, I am joined with a newer friend of mine, but I've been following him for quite some time. Um, his name is Alan. Alan, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm loving it. It's a little rainy here in Charlotte, Queen yeah. City, but hey. it's a good day, and I'm off today, so I'm really happy. Hey, that's what's up, man. Um, will you kind of just give, for the people that are listening or watching maybe, um, will you just kind of give them a little bit of who you are, what you yeah. do, what you're currently doing, and whatnot? Yeah, so um, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I'm the founder and executive director over at Concept Factory Incorporated. We are a creative nonprofit that helps advance underrepresented visual storytellers. And so we do community groups um, to really just bridge that gap to get creatives together and sharing resources um, we do city meetups, we do workshops, um, hosted by industry professionals, things of that sort. And then our grand vision is to have uh, creative co-working spaces, what we call our collaboration hubs. And those are going to be in different cities, starting in Atlanta, which is where um, the organization was birthed out of. And um, from there, going to other cities and, um, yeah, cities where creatives need to be represented. And then also, um, I work at Elevation Church as the e-groups director at our Concord campus, and so Concord is a suburb of the Charlotte metro area. And I oversee, I partner with a lot of the e-group leaders up there and we just help people get connected to community. So um, community all around. That's awesome. That's so good, man. Um, so yeah, when I first, uh, I, I think I was introduced to you by a couple of mutual friends, Cap, and then yeah. as well, Ryan Adams um, from UREV. And I started following you and dude, like the moment that, like I started following you, I just started looking, you know, you go through the deep dive of some, somebody's social, just to like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what's this person about? You start going to the company and then you go to their personal, uh, their personal page. And dude, like, like specifically even with your uh, concept factory page, mm -hmm. I really, like, I had a heart just to like, try to get to know you. Like, mm -hmm. it was like this thing, like, I want to get to know that guy. I want to get to know that guy. Because one, dude, I really believe that um, we're going to talk a lot about collaboration and what that looks like yeah. um, within different elements and different life's life life spectrums and what whatnot but um i really want to talk to you today but what i really loved about you specifically is that you have this gift and ability to bring people together um especially with creative meetups so when anomalous first started we uh we launched creative meetups like out of the gate like that was the first thing that i wanted to do mm -hmm. i was like i just want to meet other freelancers other people like i want to join together because one i believe that uh the creative field can be one that is very isolated yes. in in different moments and um which there's a time and a season for not necessarily isolation but when when you need to be alone to do some work okay. but i would love to kind of open up the conversation because i think that you have a, a really good heart of bringing people mm -hmm. together when did you first come to the realization that you had this passion for one, um, for what is birthed out of the concept factory. Yeah. And then two, when did you um, first realize, man, like I love bringing people together? Yeah, I think if I'll actually answer the second question first. Um, so I really first started realizing it. And God is so amazing because he took me through a lot of seasons in life where I did not have community and I did not have fr like friends that I could call on. And I spent a lot of years as like a quote unquote loner. And so from there, it really birthed in me a desire 
for community because um, I understand I understood what it was like to not have community. And from there, God will always take you. Um, he will all, you got me preaching already. God, God will always take you through um, feeling what it's like. He'll, he'll always take you through the problem so that way you can experience the problem. And then he'll he'll give you the giftings to solve the problem. So that way, when you're solving the problem, you now have an empathy toward the people who are also in that problem. And so from there, like I always tell people, God is a God of empathy, not just sympathy. He will sympathize wow. with us, but because um, the Bible says he, he, you know, he he sympathizes with us, but he also um, the Bible says Jesus was tempted in every way that we were. So he knows what it's like to be human. He stood in our human yep. flesh just like us. And so with that, um, he took me through seasons of not having community. And I really just felt the the pain that comes with that. And it's, it's, a, it's a lonely journey. And so from there, um, when I got to college is really where I started noticing, like, God, I think you gifted me in this because um and I say this humbly, but God would use me a lot to just bring people together and he would give me different ideas. And even my own friend group in college, it was like a matter of like, I met this person and then introduced him to that person, introduced him to that person. Then people were just coming together and they were forming great friendships. And it was like, God was always showing me that I was kind of like the, the nucleus of all of that. And I was like, huh, wow. like, God, I think you're, I think you're showing me something here. Um, and, then, wow. and then just different people would come to me and be like, Hey, Alan, like, you know, you're really, you're really like great with connecting people or I met, we all met through Alan or whatever it may be. So God really will start revealing the gifts that he's put inside of you. And then yeah. um, it's for concept factory. Um, I, I had always had like an inkling toward filmmaking and toward creativity, but I had always seen of like, well, I can't have a career in that. Like that's like a hobby. That's not a career. That's not going to put food on the table or pay rent in this day and age. But uh, from there in high school, I started really getting into a film class. And then in college, I studied communications and journalism, um, really had my hands on the camera a lot and behind the scenes. And from there, I fell in love with producing. I was like, oh, this is my thing because I'm like very business oriented, but I'm also creative. And that mm. together is you get a producer um, and producers have to be entrepreneurial, but they also have to understand storytelling and story structure and character development. And so I was like, oh, this is my this is my bread and butter. And so from there, after I moved to Atlanta and I lived in Atlanta from 2019 to 2021. 20, 20, so um, for about a year and a half through the pandemic, which was fun, <laughs> not really, yeah. but it was fun. Um, and from there, that's where Concept Factory was, was birthed because I was like, hey, I got to Atlanta. I didn't know a single soul and I need community. And so I was on Instagram looking up different filmmaker networking events. I was on Eventbrite. I was looking at what the city of Atlanta had to offer. And I was finding different, small, different networking things. But I really was just like, hey, what if there was a hub that was permanent, brick and mortar, where people could come together with creatives? What if there were creative groups? What if there was this, this, this? You know, and that's how Concept Factory was birthed. So good, man. It's so good. Yeah, so like I, I started following you and I was like, man, like this guy is very, one, you're inspiring. And um, I think that you have this ability to to really connect people. And I could I could tell that about you because I think I'm the same. I'm in the same way. Like people mm -hmm. always say, man, I literally was at um, a dinner two nights ago with some of my buddies and uh, they've all like come to the creative meetups. Yeah. Um, and but they've all come at different times and they never had met each other. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to have a guy's night. And we went out to dinner. And the first no. thing that one of the guys said, he's like, man, like you have the ability just to bring people together. And it's like a super, like it's a superpower. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just don't do it. And I'm like, it just comes natural to me. It's, it's yeah. like, why, yeah. why not? And he asked me, he's like, why do you feel like, uh, and to get a little bit deeper, he's like, why do you feel like you're so good at that? And I was like, honestly, I think 
it's probably is rooted a little bit out of fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. I literally yeah. was like, I, I think that it, it's some, some, something in me deep, deep within me. It's like, I don't want to be alone. And right. so I want to grab people and I know the feeling of being alone and I know the feeling of maybe being isolated where it's like, oh, Andrew has so many friends, but nobody's calling me. Nobody's texting me. Nobody's checking in on me. Right. Because I'm the guy that's like I walk into the room. I'm like, I make people feel good. I make people feel heard, seen, loved, all these different things. But then when I'm going home and laying my head on my pillow, I'm like, where is that person for me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think God has gifted you and God has gifted me mm-hmm. into this idea of what collaboration looks like. Because when you start talking about like hubs and all these different things, bro, yeah. like that is right up my alley because I feel like there's not a really a good place for it. And especially for young creators that are coming up that maybe don't have the budget or yes. they don't have the knowledge, but they really want to learn. So creating a hub, creating a space where they can come in together, they can create, they, we can all collaborate together is beautiful. But like, I want to ask you this question. Um, in the middle of creating Concept Factory, um, what was, I know that it was birthed out of this idea of bringing collaboration and bringing mm-hmm. people together. Um, out of that that kind of ideal, what is the main thing that really keeps you going? And then on the other side of it, how do you maintain collaboration through community? Like, what does that look like on a day-to-day for concept yeah. for you specifically? I think two things really keep me going. For one, it's all supernatural passion that God has deposited inside of me. When God gives you a vision for something, it will he will always supply you what you need. And a lot of times we think, oh, that means money. That means people. And God's like, yes, I will. He sent me people. He sent me the money that, you know, not all of it yet, but he sent me the money that we need. And, you know, he sends us the resources. But what also God has given me is he's given me a grace. And if you don't, a lot of people are, and this is no shade to anybody, but it's so important to make sure that you're partnering with what God told you to do. And what God has deposited inside of you, where your giftings and where, where he's the passion and purpose he's put inside of you. Yeah. Because if he did not call you to do it, he is not obligated to give you the grace to fulfill that thing. And so, therefore, you got a lot of people out here that are trying to do X, Y and Z. And one day they're uh, they're in trading and the next day they're in crypto and the next day they're in marketing. And then the next day they're, uh, you know, uh, uh, this and a that and a that. They call this the day of like the day of the slashes of like, oh, I'm a such and such slash such and such slash such and such. And you're like. Pick one, <laughs> or at least pick two, pick two. Uh, and it's yeah. just like with that, everybody's trying to throw stuff to the wall to see what sticks as far as their purpose. And they don't have a grace for it because God's like, hey, wow. you're out here trying to do crypto and work on Wall Street. And you're out here trying to do you know, life coaching. But what I've called you to be is a teacher. And what I've called you wow. to be is a, um, I've called you to, to work on cars. Or for some people, hey, I've called you to, to, to start a business and you're over here trying to preach. You, don't, you need to get out the pulpit. You need to go start that business because that's where I'm going to really use you to preach. And it's like, oh, crap. You know, so with that, you know, yep. um, because God has called me to, to do Concept Factory, he's given me the grace. And so what grace looks like is I have a passion when I come home for work after work. Y'all working at Elevation is no easy thing. <laughs> have you yeah, seen the true. church? And so with that, you know, sometimes we can run hard at work. And I can maybe be physically fatigued, but all of a sudden when I get home or even on my way home, I have this joy because I know that I have three hours in my schedule to work on Concept Factory. And I just have energy all of a sudden. Where does that come from? That's a grace. Um, I have a grace for the like on my days off to hop on meetings and to, to, to work on stuff. And I'll have people come to me and be like, man, how did you um, how did you get all this done? And uh, yes, for one, it's I have a great team around me, but also it's like God's given us uh, like them and myself the grace 
to be able to mm. know how to do stuff, to be able Come to on. have the energy and the passion. So that's one thing that keeps me going. Um, and of course, that comes from a strong vision of like, God has shown me the end goal of like, he's shown me the finish line. Every athlete, like, like I used to run track and every athlete, if you're only focusing when you're on a track about the here and the now of where I'm at on this current track or those who are beside me, you will get distracted. You have to look at that finish line and you got to push toward that finish line when every muscle in your body is telling you to stop because I'm hurting. You have to press through because you can see that finish line. But the moment that a track athlete starts looking to the left and to the right to see who's running next to them, you're not going to make it. You know, nobody, wow. nobody in track really counts up their laps. All right, this is lap two. They count down their laps. All right, I have wow. two more laps to go. One more lap to go. They don't say one, two, three, four. They count down because they have their mind set on the finish line. And so it's the same thing so with the good. vision that that God has given. I'm like, oh, I see our collaboration hubs. Oh, I see hundreds of groups popping up across the country. Oh, I see workshops partnering with the biggest studios and production companies. Oh, I see this stuff. I see people getting jobs and in, in industries that they never would have been would have like been able to step into alone, but because they have a community around them and they have training and resources, like I see it all, you know, and so that's probably the two biggest things. Um and I think the third thing, and this just came to me that I've had to practice is because I have a high capacity to like work a lot, I'm just a natural worker. So I think for me, it comes just easier. Um, but with that, God has also had to teach me the power of rest and to put stuff down at a certain hour of the day, to put something, to, to put concept factory down at the end of the week. So Saturdays are like my Sabbath day. And it's like, all right, on Saturdays, put it down, don't work on it. And then you can pick it up Sunday after church or Sunday evening. And I, I, I partner and I co-labor with God. And that's where the energy comes from is when I don't abuse the calling and I don't abuse the gift. And in times where I am starting to abuse it, the Lord will quickly check me and be like, hey, you better scale back. And I'm like, yeah. and he doesn't do it in like a or else way. He does it in a, hey, you better scale back because you're about to hit burnout. If you don't, you need to rest. Even if you feel like you got a lot of work to do for this, for this vision, don't forget that I'm the one supplying you the grace so for this good. vision. You're not the so one. Good giving me the i'm not giving god the green light god is already god's like hey i own the earth and the universe and i'm like the creator yep he's like no son you need to partner with me because i am your source and the moment that i take my eyes off of god and put my eyes on me that's where things go crazy <laughs> so good so what i'm hearing you saying is like you're partnering with god your first collaboration is one with god Absolutely. The second collaboration is one with yourself and then your team that is around you. And then it goes beyond that. I think well, that I, is so important for creatives to hear that, especially because I've been in that place where I've been through burnt out, through local church, mm -hmm. through just driving and going. And, and a lot of it could be put on me because I don't know how to say no. You know what I mean? And there's mm -hmm. like this push and there's always this one project, this next project, this so on and so forth and, and keep going and keep pushing and keep pushing the envelope. Like what can we do bigger and better and more and more and more? So I understand that and I realize that. But what I'm hearing you say is that rest is so important. And yeah. in your, your co-collaboration with God is the most important because that actually allows you to keep going. It allows you to keep moving. It allows right. you to keep pressing in to the things that God has called you to do. And so, dude, I mean, if anybody doesn't get anything else out of that, like that is so, that's yeah. gold. You know what I mean? To listen yeah. to that and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> And to rest, you know what I mean? Like a lot of us, we just don't know how to rest. Creators, like it's like, we don't know how to rest. But what did God do when he created everything? Yeah. He rests on what? The seventh day. 
Right. Like he rested and he took time and he looked at his labor. He looked at what he did, but he rested and took it in so that he could do more. Right. And I think a lot of us in, in the creative world, and that's why a lot of, I think, even creatives are exiting the church, the local church today, is because we don't know how to rest. You know, mm -hmm. Saturday comes along and then your pastor's sending you slides to produce graphics for for Sunday. And it's right. like, no, like that should be done on another day where it's not right. my Sabbath. And saying right. no and creating boundaries for what that looks like. I have a question for you when it comes to um, uh, on your side of Concept Factory and and choosing the team that surrounds you, because mm -hmm. um, I think that this is really important. Uh, especially for people that may be uh, starting businesses, even like where I'm in, where I, I've been, you know, Anomalous Creative has been a business for a, about a year and a half. I've gone through so many ups and downs. People come, people leaving, yeah. you know, coming in, going out, you know, seven employees now. So it's, yeah. it's just like, it's crazy. And But I think it's yeah. so important that you pick the right team. So how do you specifically yeah. um, choose the team that has surrounded you? Yeah, and I, I love this question because I was just telling um, I was just telling my my parents not too long ago. I said it's gotten real easy to say no <laughs> to a lot of people, and I used to because because I'm a feeler and because I'm really I'm really relational and I'm really but like I totally relate when it's like I don't want to be alone stuff like that. It can be very easy for me to just tell people yes because the fact that the thought of telling them no now gives a risk of hey you may lose this relationship. And in our in our hearts, it's like, oh, losing a relationship is seen as like major, like, no, like, don't do that. Like, whatever you do, don't feel pain and don't lose a relationship because it causes too much pain because of pain of rejection. And ah, it just gets all in your head. So with that, with the team for Concept Factory, and, and I, I got to give God credit through him having me at Elevation Church because I've learned a lot through them. It's not a perfect place. There, there is no perfect church. There is no perfect workplace. Right. If you find one, please let me know if y'all are hiring because right. <laughs> um, I, I've yet to hear or work for one that's a perfect workplace. And But with that, it's such a great organization because they've really worked through the kinks of, hey, make the hiring process really vetted. Um, I think sometimes they may vet people too much, <laughs> but with that, they really are big on, hey, who's playing on your team? And my current supervisor, I work, work under, his name's Andrew. He does a fantastic job. He's just one of the best leaders I've ever worked under. And he just does a great job of, for one, making sure that um, before he makes a decision on a person, he makes sure that the team, the current team, all is compatible with that person. So he actually has them go through the interview first with the team before he actually sits down. And so it's just really a, a beautiful model. And we began doing that with Concept Factory is when I find, because we're, we're right now all volunteer staff. And so you got all these people, they work full-time jobs or in school. And then on their spare time, they come and work for Concept Factory. And with that, one thing that I had to do was practically, I had to make sure that they had a clear job description. Everybody gets a job description. I don't care if you are a blog writer or whether you are a director of operations, whatever, you get a job description because clarity is king. Um, the wow. second thing is, is everybody um has a touch point with we have a girl her name's paris um she's over talent and culture which is like our fancy way of saying hr and higher and, ta and talent acquisition so she handles that everybody has a first interview with her but then they have their second interview with me the founder and the reason i believe that's important is because the founder is going to have the vision the strongest your team will be able to communicate that vision they'll be fired up about it but ain't nobody gonna tell it like the original like the one who got it first same way you can have um you can have it's almost like hearing something about, you know, about God 
from a person. It could be great. God can totally speak mm-hmm. to a person. But what better way to learn about God than to talk to God himself? He is the original. So it's like, you know, that's why it's so important of like, hey, listening to sermons and stuff are great, but you got to get into your word and you got to get into the Bible. You got to read it for yourself to hear God speak with his words. And so that's why it's so important. So with that, I make sure that everybody has a touch base with myself, even during their first week of training. We, have, we call it um, we call it. Um, uh, Academy Week or or CF Academy for Concept Factory Academy, and that's a week long training. And one of their first session is with me, because um, I want them to be able to come onto the team to know, like, hey, this is not just a founder who we'll get an email from, and we don't know, and we're afraid to open it because we think we're going to get fired. I want them to get a text or an email from me, or if they see a voice memo pop up on their phone, they're excited to open it. It's like that's the type of culture we're trying to create. So mm. one thing that I do, that's pretty much how we create like a culture for the team. Now, as far as having a good team, I make sure that I ask the tough questions up front and I make sure that I'm really honest with people saying, hey, guess what? Concept Factory is going to require at least 10 hours of your week on top of your work life, your personal life. Some people on our team are in relationships or they're married or whatever it may be. Some of them have kids. And it's like, hey, you're going to be required a lot. Um, I make sure that we really communicate the vision, because if you don't know where we're going and if you don't get it, you're going to burn out as soon as you get an email from me at nine o'clock at night for the next morning for you to open. You know, I make sure I communicate that. And then compatibility with the current team is really important. Um, And I also make sure that I tell everybody up front, hey, you don't have to be a Christian to work here. But guess what? We open our prayers. with. uh, I mean, we open our meetings with prayer. We are a Christian faith based organization, meaning that you won't hear about Jesus in this thing. Because <laughs> he's he's, gonna, he's all in, he's all in, and so letting people know up front, hey, I'm not asking you right now to believe the same way I do, but I am asking you to respect it and to give you the let you know up front before you. I don't want to trick you into this thing. I want to let you know up front that hey, this will be a thing that is happening here. If you choose to participate in our prayers or not, that's up to you. You have that liberty, but guess what? We gonna pray. And so with that, people appreciate honesty because they're like, hey, not only am I getting it from the founder, I can trust him because he's being honest with me. But I'm also clear on what it is I'll be doing. Clarity is king. And so those are some of the ways that we find people. And unfortunately, our team, some people on our team, because it's a volunteer role, some people, unfortunately, won't last long just because seasons change. You know, we've had great teammates that have they'll come to me and say, hey, Alan, like I just got a new job or I'm going back to school or, hey. I just had it. I got it. I'm expecting a kid or whatever it may be. And hey, Alan, I just can't commit. And I totally understand. And, you know, we wish them goodbye and everything. And then there's been other people where I've had to unfortunately have the tough conversation and ask them to leave just because And people say, well, how do you fire a volunteer? You do it by letting them know. (laughs) Can we have a Zoom call? And then you tell them they have to go. Um, But with that, one thing that we we do is we make sure that nobody gets I don't want to use the word fired, but we, we nobody gets exited from Concept Factory without knowing well in advance that there's some red, there's some blood in the water. Because with that, I don't think anybody, unless they do something right out just crazy, nobody should just like randomly get an email from me saying, hey, thank you for serving, but this will be your last day. That's just tacky and it's really weird. Um, yeah. Before a person gets let go, they're going to have at least two or three touch points of, hey, these are some things we're noticing. Hey, you, there's been a, a, a huge lack of communication or, hey, there's been a lack of execution. Hey, you said that you're going to be here at this meeting and you just haven't shown up for three meetings. This is an issue. And then after a while, you know, we've had one team member where um, the individual had kind of just went MIA for a while. And we had to unfortunately send them an email and say, we've assumed job abandonment at this point. And then they respond, oh, so sorry, we've been busy. 
And at that point, I remember with this individual, it had been several touch points of communication yeah, yeah. and trying to help them. And we put, you know, systems and structures in place for them to be able to come to me. And I have an open door policy of like, you can reach out to me anytime. Um, and then from there, after that, it just had to be, hey, you have to go. Because the one thing that I've realized is what you allow in the beginning, it will only intensify in the end. A lot of wow. people think, what, what's the old saying? How you practice is how you play. If you think you're going to go into a football game and you're in football practice and you think you're just going to kind of just, you know, kind of just cut corners. Oh, I'm not going to really run the ball. I'm going to kind of just like not really do anything. But on the game day, I'm going to come and I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this. And you think you're going to look like an NFL star out there. Well, guess what? Nope. You won't. Yep. Because how you practice is how you play. And the same thing applies for businesses. If I allow the little foxes to get in now, if I allow a little, you know, slacking here, slacking there. And I'm not saying be so rigid with people that you don't have grace. That's not the same. Some people are just, they have to catch up quicker than others. Um, or it takes a little longer for them than others to kind of get the system and flow and meetings and stuff like that. But I just have to, unfortunately, let people know, here are the standards here. Everybody has to be held to the same standards. The reason the standard is high is because we want to go far. And if the standard is low, you can't expect for people to respect you. And we've heard many times and times again that people say, oh, Concept Factory is very professional. And and it's like, absolutely. And if people don't reach that bar, we unfortunately have to ask them, hey, this is just not the organization for you. Yeah, man, that's so good. So just kind of having a a deeper vetting process in the beginning. So that way, in the end and in the middle it's you've already vetted out everything in the beginning you've already been clear you've you've you set the tone you set the vision you've set the expectations and so now they can actually run with those expectations so now let's go a little bit deeper and talking you have the team you have the core team Mm -hmm. right and then you're working on a project together but somebody disagrees Mm -hmm. with an outcome of 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 a certain thing or a certain film or the way Mm -hmm. that that was produced or a certain shot how do you as the uh, the, 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 the founder, the CEO mm-hmm. of Concept Factory, when you're looking, because like I, I'm a guy that I love to observe. I love mm-hmm. to observe how like people within my team communicate mm-hmm. um, because it gives me a clearer picture of how I can confront certain situations. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll like sit back for, like they can be in a conversation for a project for like, say it's like graphic design or branding mm-hmm. project we're working on and they're going back and forth, they're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching it and I'm watching how they're communicating because I actually love it because I find value in it because then I can actually call things out. Mm-hmm. What, what type of like, what do you do in moments of conflict mm-hmm. when it comes to team, um, your team building something or doing a project together? How do you yeah. handle that? I think establishing and communicating, overly communicating from the start that everybody has a voice. And I make sure I tell everybody on the team, even especially when they're newer, because people come in with this concept of no pun intended, but they come in with this concept of thought of like, oh, I can't disagree with the founder. If the founder says it, then it must be the direction we're going in. And I let them know from the start, guys, if you don't agree with something that I've done, please let me know beforehand. Or, and guess what? Like, I don't know everything. There's going to be things that make sense in my head and it ain't the way that we should go. Like, and thankfully it's, it's now created a culture where people even on the meeting will say, Hey, Alan, I actually want to offer, like, I don't know if that's the best idea of how we should execute that. Or, Hey, have you thought about this? Um, that's a good idea, but I don't know if we should pull the trigger on that right now. And I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. And there's been many a times where 99% of the time, and sometimes it's like, you know, I'll say like, well, this is my reasoning for it. And they'll say, okay, now I get it. So now I do think that I do agree. But then a lot of times it's like 99% of it is like me saying, 
oh my God, I didn't think about that. Thank you so much for saying something. But if they were, if they had failed to disagree with me publicly and do it in a respectful way, of course, there's a respectful way to disagree. Um, we concept factory would hurt because if everything is coming through through me and being filtered by my thought process, I'm gonna miss something somewhere along the lines. And so if it's not, and so I actually encourage people to disagree, um, not in like a, a dissension type of way, but I encourage people to offer their feedback and say, hey, you have a voice as well. And there's honestly, you know, this is funny to laugh at, but there's been ideas offered before in my head. I'm thinking like, Ooh, that's a bad idea. Or like, nah, that idea just ain't good. But I'm not going to say that because, you know, I can. But, but the beautiful thing is, is even if a person offers their idea and I say, hey, we that's a great idea, but we won't be able to execute it at this time. Or, hey, we're not going to go in that direction. They still feel respected that it was heard. It was mm. it was considered and it was actually thought through. Because nothing hurts worse than being in a meeting and somebody says, hey, offer your idea. And you finally get a little bit of courage to speak up and somebody shuts it down. Bam. That will do more damage to a person's dignity and just like courage than if their idea wasn't wasn't gone with. I've been, unfortunately, in meetings before where I've worked on creative teams at jobs and stuff. And I've spoken up and been like, well, hey, this is what I think we should. You know, this is my opinion. Or this is where I think we should go. Or, hey, I don't think that where we're going is a good idea. And bam, it's shut down. And even if people don't realize, like, they may not have had any ill intent toward it, but you can tell not only is a, it, when an idea is shut down quickly, does that hurt? But it's also mm-hmm. when people make you feel like your idea is stupid. Or they're like, wow. oh, no, no, no. Like, that, that, no, no, no. Almost like, that was just, why you wasted oxygen on that one. Moving on. If you do that with people... And then you're sitting there on a meeting and then founders and, and team leaders find themselves scratching their heads saying, hey, guys, how come nobody will speak up? Well, what culture are you creating? You know, so wow. with that, I think like healthy conflict, healthy disagreement should be encouraged in organizations. And that's one thing that we do for our team. And it's now got to the point where when people do disagree, it's also like not a big deal. And another thing I'll say yeah. is with that is going back to where I spoke about the individual, the team who had to ask to be let go. Um, one thing that we value at Console Factory is transparency. The moment that people begin to see me as the founder, as if I'm hiding stuff from them, creates a level of speculation of, I can't fully trust you because I don't know what you're telling me and what you're not telling me. And granted, some things that team members share with me or that we'll talk with one-on-one, I won't bring up in meetings because that's between me and that person. Or I'm not going to get on the meeting and air out everybody's dirty laundry of like, hey, guys, this is what's going on with one of your team members. We're not going to say who, but somebody on the team is going through such and such. No, there's some stuff that does not need to be talked about. But then in other cases, um, I came to the team just a few weeks ago and I said, hey, guys, the you know person's name on our team who was um, in this role, um, they were asked to they were asked to step down. They did not quit. I asked them to step down because of these reasons. And I say, guys, like, I just want you to know that the reason I'm telling you this is because we value transparency. But here's the kicker, you know, and I believe the Holy Spirit put this on my heart when I was having that conversation with them. The Lord was like, tell them if and, and, and when I say like the Lord spoke to me, I'm not saying that God like speaks to me with a megaphone in my ear. These are just impressions in my spirit that come like in real time. And, you know, so I don't want anybody to hear this and be like, well, I don't hear God. Oh, no, you hear God. And it's usually through, mm-hmm. your, through that that inner that inner gut feeling. And so with that that real moment, the Lord was like, tell them if they did not if they do not agree with you letting that person go, they can come to you. And so I said it right there on the phone and I was like, hey, guys, I was like, you know, this was a decision that was made. I was like, it was over the series of a couple of months that 
we had to talk with this person and we had meetings with them and we gave them systems and processes in place to improve, but they failed to improve. And so therefore we asked them to go to, let, to, to step down. I said, but if you feel that you don't agree with me on this decision or you would like more clarity, you can come to me one-on-one -on -one and I would love to hear you out. And mm. somebody on that call, on that same Zoom call, they said, Alan, we really just appreciate that, that you're approachable and that you're willing to almost like have that conversation because nobody wants a leader where the leader's like, this is the way it goes. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear anything else. Just move on. Just do your work. Who wants to follow a leader like that? Like, right. and you want to be, you want to, you want to go to a leader where you say, Hey, even if I disagree, I know that I can go into their presence, into their office yeah. or to a zoom yeah. call and I can have their ear and they will hear me out because they care about me. And that speaks mm. so much further than anything. That's so good, man. So like basically creating a culture of authenticity, vulnerability, openness, mm -hmm. space where anybody can come in any moment, um, any of the day, and you just being transparent with them. Because I do mm -hmm. believe that that transparency actually builds trust. Yes. I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, even just in general, when you're talking to an employee or talking to a volunteer on a church level, I think that oftentimes we have creatives just follow follow, 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 but there's no really mm -hmm. clear direction and there's no open door for them to communicate mm -hmm. and to have a conversation. Um, so yeah, I dude, like I'm full, fully, um, I think the biggest thing for me, and in, even in this conversation that's been like, I'm just been taking it in and listening. I'm like, oh man, like even as a leader <laughs> for, for myself, <laughs> it's really good. Cause I think sometimes we, we get to the point where there's so many decisions on a high end, especially as a founder or CEO mm -hmm. that we're always thinking like the big picture. We're always thinking, especially for me, mm -hmm. like I have salaries to pay. I have people that are like, and I'm thinking like if this project is not done at this point in time, yeah. there's this, 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 and this is happening afterwards. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I get to that point. I'm like, Oh, and I drive, drive, drive. But then I have to slow down. And so it's really good that you like your one reminded me to to rest and slow down but then also mm -hmm. to be clear in communication and be like hey like hey this is the reason why i was so passionate about getting this one project done mm -hmm. <laughs> just so that you can see and just so you can know on the back end why i was this way and i mm -hmm. think understanding the why behind everything that we do and and clearly communicating the why yes is so important Yes. It's so important. So my final, like my final question and is for you, for you would be, how do you, um, maintain the vision that God gives you even in the middle of team that may not understand it completely because you can oh, yeah. explain it all day long, right? You can, I can like, this is the vision. This is it. Like I, I was in a real time oh, yeah. conversation with one of my interns here and she's amazing and awesome. But I was like, this is the vision for creative meetups. I gave her like literally laid it all out, mm -hmm. this massive thing. And, and she's like, okay, cool. Like I was like, do you got it? You, you know, you understand it. And then a couple of weeks later, she's like, I really don't understand it. And so I had to go back. So how do you, <laughs> I'm like, it's easy. It's simple. I'm like, it's there. It's like yep. this vision, like execute A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like it's right there. Like line it up. Like also I want you to do is just make the pieces come together. You know what I mean? Um, but how do you maintain and how do you, um, I guess my question is, how do you maintain the vision when maybe everybody else on that might be underneath you, they understand a glimpse of it but they don't understand the full picture of it. How do you deal with yeah. that within yeah. the organization? Yeah, it, it shows us in scripture. God gave us the recipe for it. He says in Habakkuk 2, 
chapter two, verse two and three, he says, make the vision plain so that those who read it may run with it. And so um, therefore, God is showing us right there. If I I have a duty as the founder of the one that God gave the vision to first, because God is going to also give the vision to other people, but he's going to give it to them through my mouthpiece because he spoke it to me first. And so therefore, God is saying, I have a responsibility to make that thing so clear to write it down. And it says, write the vision and make it plain. So God has given us two very key steps, write it and make it plain so that it can produce clarity. And that's what God is saying in the scripture. And so with that, um, I had to really write the vision down. And it started out as me like jotting it down in notebooks and um, long sheets of paper where I'm like, Typing out paragraphs of like this is what concept factor is going to be, and then I re and then I rework it, and then I rework it, and then I rework it to get it down to a vision statement, or I'll get it down to a, just a simple paragraph, and then I'll put it up on the website, and like you know, and one thing that I do to make people really help them get it, and I'm still sometimes learning because everybody's different. Some people on our team during the interview they'll be like, "Oh my god, I got it! Like this is going to be amazing," and then other people I'm like, "Do you really get it?" And they're like. And it's like, so with that, one thing that I had to do is realize that um, I had to realize that I needed a person to regurgitate the vision back to me. And it'll be a conversation of what does this vision statement mean to you? And a person will be like, oh, oh, it means. And usually when, when they have to speak it out and you ask them, what do you think about this project? Can you explain the project to me that I just explained to you? Can you, and one thing that we do during CF Academy is we, we'll say, hey, you have your job description. At that point, they've had their job description for over a week. And we'll say, explain your role to me as if you're the uh, interviewer and I'm the interviewee. Explain your role to me. And they'll say, well, my role is to do this, this and this, this and this. And my responsibilities are this, this and this and this. And I'll say, there you go. Explain the vision to me. Oh, OK, well, well, I'll say, like, well, what does it mean to you personally? If you were on the outside looking in, what does it mean to you? And they'll say, well, I feel that Concept Factory is going to do is going to do blah, 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 blah. Or I feel like our mission is to reach these type of people. And if they're totally misguided or what they tell me is like, that ain't it. I now, as the founder, have to help them correct that and say, well, actually, this is where we're going. But nine times out of 10, people will say, no, this is what we're about. And this is what. And so when you can get that from them out of their own mouth, you know, because remember, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It didn't say in certain situations. It just says the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. So you, when a person is communicating something to you out of their mouth, it's a very good indication of, hey, this is in their heart. You can understand this thing. And so. Um, so, yeah. So good, man. Well, thank you so much for just yeah. taking your time today just to join me. And, dude, I am fully on board with what you guys are doing. Thanks I love so what you much. guys are doing. Um, I pray for you guys constantly. So I hope oh, thank you. that you guys are being pushed forward. Um, yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for joining me. If you guys want to follow um, Alan, go ahead and follow him on socials. Concept Factory. Uh, is it conceptfactory.us? .us. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So go ahead and give him a follow. Um, but yeah, dude, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate Thank what you, so you do. I appreciate you and your ability to pursue um, no matter what, to stay on board with the vision of what God has called you to do. So keep going, man. Keep chasing because um, God has great plans for you, dude. Thank you. Likewise you. for y'all too. I can't Thank wait to visit. I've never been to Utah, but I'll be there. Come one on. Day. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about creative meetups soon. It's been on Thank my radar. You. So, all right, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.